welcome to the guest house. Once the Prince of Pittsburgh and now the King of Miami, a father of one and a friend to all, the type of dude to enjoy both a green juice with his boys in the AM and crush a bottle of vino with a TV host in the PM, the only man in Bachelorette history to score perfect on the math section of the ACT, don't fact check me, a fan favorite of the Run Amok podcast, Ed, don't call me a man-child wastebroat, welcome to the program. How's it going, my man? Well, thanks so much. I love that intro. Um, it's going well. I'm glad to be here. Thanks for having me on today. I appreciate um, it. Man, it's our pleasure. And like we said, we are a huge fan of the program. We loved your time on the show. You were offering, you know, sometimes it could get a little in the weeds with the whole Tasha Claire situation. You were always there to offer a bit of comic relief. So we're hoping that people can get to know you a little bit better. So first off, maybe for any listeners who maybe missed the season and, and don't quite know who you are, what you're all about, could you kind of give the people a little bit about yourself, your background, what you do, just to offer a bit of insight to who Ed is. Yeah, so I'm a, I'm a 37-year-old guy. I live in Miami. Um, I love to have a good time. Some of that was shown on the show. Not all of it. Um, you know, there's so much stuff that happens out there, so much fun stuff. I was the guy who was having a good time, playing pranks, you know, trying to make the best of the experience. It didn't always work out. The, the, the fans didn't always see that. They kind of saw... Some other stuff here and there. Um, but yeah, it, it was a great experience. And, you know, I'm happy to have done it. Happy to be here. I'm a big outdoors guy. Um, and like I said, I, I love this. Have a good time. I need someone to have a good time with and that can just kind of, you know, have fun with life and, you know, make the best of it. You know, so have, you know, small jokes here and there and stay positive. So that's what I'm all about. And, uh, you know, I hope some of that came through and, you know, if not, maybe it comes through on another show somewhere down the line. So, dude, I love it. And that, and we talk about that all the time, right? Like we love the show at the end of the day, there are edits, you know, and, and you're only able to control so much of, of how you're portrayed. Right. So I want to get into that a little bit later in terms of, you know, you and other dudes, what was some of the fun stuff? I, I didn't know about pranks, so we're going to get into that. We're going to hear about a, a little bit of that. Now, I, first things first, I'm always really interested in how people get introduced to the show itself, the application process, because some people, their friends do it. They have no idea what The Bachelor Bachelorette's all about. Other people, they see Clara Tasha. They think, that's the love of my life. I know this show. That's got to be her. Other people, most people, some are right in the middle, being like, hey, I'm ready to move on to that next stage of my life. This is someone who it might work with. Let's give it a shot. Did you apply yourself? Did you think, look, Claire's the one for me? What was sort of the mindset going in? No, so I'm 37. I'm originally from Pittsburgh. So I got a lot of friends, um, you know, from college, high school that I kind of settled down. Um, one of my best friends, he lives in Tampa. And his wife, she just applied uh, about a month before we went out there. She just kind of submitted my picture, a few lines, like this guy lives in Miami. He's 37. Here he is. Um, you get a call and you take a Skype interview and before you know it, it's like, oh, that's not going to happen. And, you know, here you are and you're with a bunch of dudes in the house and, you know, the rest is history. So, um, I hadn't really watched the show more than a couple episodes at a time. So mm -hmm. I've seen it, but I've never seen a, a season from front to back or really kind of been in the know in that respect. Um, so, you know, a lot of like turns along the way, but it kind of made it exciting. And I think 
not going in with an idea of how this is how I got to be, or this is how the lead is going to be. This is who Claire is. I think I just took it all. Um, I want to meet everyone for who they are and just kind of, you know, go from there. So I think it was, uh, you know, great in that respect to kind of come in with a clean slate. And, you know, that's the, probably the most authentic way to do it. It's, it's the way that, you know, other contestants seem to respect the most in terms of not necessarily reaching out to the, the subject beforehand or kind of going in with clean slate, just seeing where, where it takes you. But you mentioned it is, it just ultimately is a bunch of dudes in a house. And I, I found you are, correct me if I'm wrong, you were a part of uh, Pitt's Beta Alpha Psi chapter in college. Yeah, the business fraternity. Yeah, so yeah. <laughs> was it kind of like, I don't know, did that kind of help fuel like the dynamic of a bunch of guys together and what can be an awesome but like really competitive environment? Did that help train you at all for that? So as a side note, that fraternity isn't like what you'd say a real fraternity is. So I, okay. I wasn't a part of a real fraternity, but from what I could imagine and from the guys in the house that were, that's what it felt like. It, it was kind of a brotherhood. Um, and the best thing about it that has come out for me, people say, what was the best part of being on the show? The best part is the lifelong friendships I've made with, you know, nearly all of those guys. I have unique relationships with all of them. Um, but you're sitting there for, you know, 20 hours a day when you're not sleeping, you know, there's nothing to do. You're having conversations and you're there. There's no cell phone. There's no TV. There's no internet. So when someone's talking, you're fully listening and engaged. And I know these guys' family members' names. I know their ex-girlfriends' names. Like, you know everything about each other. I think we had an older cast. And so people were, it wasn't like the, the drama when you get when you're younger. It was people got along. We had a mutual respect for each other. And that's kind of carried from the show, off the show, and, you know, in real life. So it, it's amazing. And look, that that is such uh, an interesting point about your season, especially it being with the older guys and able to develop more friendships because – and look, we're not trying to rip on anyone here, but this season with Matt James, it's like it's a very young cast a lot of the time. You're seeing like it's a lot of 22, 23, 24-year-olds. Yeah. And you're seeing the dynamic change, man. It's a very different vibe in the house. And looking at, and we'll get into it more a little bit later. You guys are legitimately like really close now. You guys have yeah. like a squad that you guys have traveled all around uh, kind of with and, and taking advantage of that, which is awesome to see. Now I'm going to put you in the hot seat with a few of those friends. The big, there's been a lot of lore surrounding your perfect math section on the, was it the ACT? SAT. SAT. We're, we're in Canada, so we have different we have different standardized yeah. tests here. All no, right. I think Bennett brought that up inadvertently or just through the matter of conversation and made the <laughs> TV. You immediately get a ton of questions like, is this true? Is you know, and one of the questions I kept on getting from people, which was hilarious, is what the hell is going on out there that you and Bennett are sitting around talking about SAT scores? But I think that right there shows you. That you're bored. You're talking about everything. <laughs> you hit every topic in life at some point. You get down so, to the standardized test. That's low on the totem pole of yeah, friendship I mean, topics. But, but you're, you're talking about a Harvard guy. So the subject came yeah. up. Correct. I mean, so um, the whole world kind of found that out. I mean, uh, I'm a kind of a math guy. I was. I was in accounting. You know, I've mm -hmm. always been good at it. So I just don't like it. So I kind of moved from accounting and finance into sales. Um, but that was kind of like my natural skill. It was just something I hated, if that makes sense. Oh, totally. So, and and you were very sure to say, hey, that's just the math section. Don't yeah, don't make me responsible English, for the I, literacy. You know, you hear me? I'm not, I don't have a huge vocab. I'm not, I'm not spitting out the Bennett words right now. So, <laughs> yeah, were, so I'm going to ask you then, who on your season 
would you think had the overall highest SAT score and the lowest SAT score? Throwing out our predictions here. I, I should be honest with you, I, could, I, I would assume Bennett, but I don't know that for a fact. <laughs> as far as the highest, I mean, he's the Harvard grad. He did misspell limousine. I did too. That will never, he got the he'll never that. shed that. I got, no one saw that I misspelled it right behind him. <laughs> Um, but, but as far as the lowest, that that's tough. I mean, I, I couldn't even throw out a name on that. It's just like, it's, it's hard. I, I didn't learn anyone's math or English skills while I was out there. Unfortunately, I didn't have anyone. It's hard. <laughs> we're talking about math and English and all people were doing is playing Nathan dodgeball <laughs> and, you know, fighting. Like it, it's really, it's really that's difficult. Fair. So I can't, I'll, I'll have to not take a, take a gander at that. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. It's a hard one. Now, one dude that really struck me, if you want to talk about emotional intelligence, that we didn't really see until the mental all is DeMar, who is the man. Like, that's someone who we, we didn't really see a lot of. But I know that he was a fan of the franchise before he arrived for the season. So I'm wondering, was he kind of helping to be like a little bit of a guiding force for the guys who didn't know the show? Was he kind of like, okay, this is how the rose ceremonies are kind of working. This is how sort of a two-on-one or a group date sort of situation works. I think as far as the, the ins and out of the specifics, if like, for instance, for myself, if I wanted to know like, Hey, you know, what is, what does this group day mean? Or how is this going to work? He had a general sense. I mean, he had seen a couple seasons um, and I think he, he just took advantage of something that I didn't. I think once he got cast, so we had that law. So we went out to California in March, COVID hit, and they kicked us back out. So we had like a four-month law before the next one. Um, and in his downtime, you know, we're all stuck at home. He watched a couple seasons. He's like, hey, it can't hurt me. Um, I actually didn't even like really think to watch seasons for whatever reason. That's just yeah. It didn't cross my mind, but he watched a couple that were recent just to kind of know what's going on. Um, and the reason he was that source is because most of the guys hadn't really watched the show. So most mm. guys kind of were like myself, came in, I've seen an episode or two, I have a general sense. Um, but DeMar was able to say, hey, I watched this like three weeks ago before I came out here. You know, here's a little bit of a help. But uh, yeah, he, he's amazing. That guy, he's going to be a TV host one day or something. I mean, he has these Instagram lives. He's like a podcast guy. He's charismatic. He knows how to deal with guests. He interviews. He does everything. He's like the, the jack of all trades. So he was one of the uh, – definitely had a very high emotional intelligence, and you can kind of see that on the mental all. They kind of brought him out a little bit more. So, mm -hmm. which, is, which is great to see. And, man, I, I couldn't agree more in terms of TV host. I was kind of hope, but like Emmanuel Ocho, great choice for after the final rose. That dude's going to crush it. But I was kind of hoping tomorrow would get a shot because I think, like, I don't know, the way he's able to facilitate a conversation is awesome. Yeah, there, there's a natural talent level there with DeMar, and I tell him all the time. And he's also uh, a spin instructor, so he's kind of in that inner training business. And so he's he's practiced, but it's just – you can tell a lot of it's just his natural char charisma. He loves being around people. And he was one of those guys that's like the life of the house. Like when you, you're having a bad day or something, you see DeMar, he's like, what's up? And it's just like, all right, we're good again. Yeah. So he has that ability to kind of bring people out of their show or uh, kind of uplift people. That's awesome. And another dude that you seem to, you know, connect with right off the bat. And look, the group has now grown to where you're hanging it with Joe, Brendan. You had a, a whole bunch of guys kind of uh, hanging out, sort of uh, growing as a, group together but the first bromance that we saw kind of spark was you and bennett which was so like we are huge bennett fans too so it was like the perfect combo for us on the pod 
what was it about your personalities that kind of helped initially forge that friendship? So that's tough. I, I don't know. I, so initially, and I, I recall the day this happened, initially when he came into the house, you know, he was intriguing. There's this, you know, tall guy from Harvard, and you're like, who is this guy? And he's in this, like, private, private, you know, like, kind of a little mansion, basically. A, sipping a, a martini. Yeah, so I, I named it the Chateau. I gave it the trademark, I said, and he went on a group date, and I told everyone else, like, who is this guy? Is he a producer mole? Like, what is this guy? And he came back. Everyone was talking about him. And from then on, and I just started talking to him, kind of picking his brain. Like, I wanted to find out what, what he's all about. And uh, we just got along on every level. And before you know it, I was I was hanging out at the Chateau, Chateau eight hours a day. And, um, you know, we just spent every day. We would eat mostly every meal together. And then after the show, we keep in touch every day. We've mm-hmm. seen each other a few times. And um, it's translated into real life. So it's just, uh, you know, an unlikely friendship in the fact that he's like the the well-dressed Harvard guy and I'm just like the chilled out Miami guy with the yeah, you're rocking the Florida jersey he yeah, has like a exact, you know, there's so sweater. many things that are like it's, it's funny but it's it just like works perfectly we actually um you know we, we mimic that uh the, the Gronk and Brady video I don't know if you've seen that video I saw like, I saw guys. your guys's video of it yeah. yeah yeah it kind of it kind of uh it, it almost directly correlates with like Bennett and Gronk and like who we are to each other, like the very serious and just like the clown and it just kind of balances it out. So. Hey, I don't know who's listening, but it sounds like we need both you on paradise. That's that. That sounds like uh, that sounds like electric TV. Well, they're they're going to have to put some money into that yacht to put for Bennett. Off shore. He's not, he's not sleeping in the hotel. He's got to get a little yacht offshore or something. Look, we've looked on the, the light sides of your season but I, I came across something across the, the grapevine this week at Baby Carlos. I had all these fun questions. Locked up, hey, how's Baby Carlos? Oh, is he acting like his dad? Oh, blah, 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 blah. And then I find out Baby Carlos may have gotten replaced for a discount version, for a knockoff version. It's for, for the people who, who it makes me sound like you are actually have a real child that you traded out. Explain the origin of Baby Carlos and then how he maybe had to get traded out for a cheaper model. Yeah, so there was a famous group date. I think it was called the Grown-Ass Man-Child. So we had these different tasks like making breakfast in bed, um, tug-of-wars, like random things. At the end, one person of nine would be the grown man, the grown-ass man, and the other one was awarded the Man-Child Award. Um, you know, not surprisingly, we've got Bennett, who won the Man Award, you know, starting to stuff around. And then myself, I was gifted the Man-Child Award. Um, and instead of the trophy that Bennett got, I was given – a doll who I named within 10 seconds. They said, what's his name? I said, Carlos, like immediately like hangover hit me. First thought that came to mind. Father son connection. Yeah. And some people like, how'd you name him Carlos? I'm like, have you not seen the hangover? But, um, yeah. So I had this baby, uh, and it was like the real life baby. You get in health class when you're in high school. Like it, it poops, it pees, it cries. And you know, you know, those babies are apparently $2,000. I didn't know that. So when I'm leaving, you, know, you get kicked out. You do your exit interview with baby Carlos. You're like, is he coming with me? Am I going to be a single dad in Miami? And they're like, oh, two grand. You know what I mean? Like, ah, oh, I can get a $20 baby Carlos and no one's going to know. So I have a, a phony baby Carlos. Every now and again, he comes out, you know. There you go. It's but not the same. A good, a good dad loves them all the same. Makes no difference. <laughs> now, you, you touched on it a little bit with DeMar. Is there anyone else who needed and, and 
Like, it's obvious with you too. Like there are aspects of your personality that we didn't get to see that we wish we got to see who else on the season deserved more screen time. Cause there's always dudes who get cut for like the Noah Bennett drama or whatever. Right. So who did yeah. we need to see more from? And well, why? I think we lost half a season to Dale and Claire and, yeah. and Blake. It was like the Dale and Blake show for a little bit. You know what I mean? And so you lost like four episodes to that. Uh, but one of the guys that's actually really cool. I'm really close with is Jay. Um, and Jay's the straight jacket guy. He came in the straight yeah. jacket. Um, ironically, he was the very first person I met when I walked into the room the first night and he lives 30 miles away from me in Fort Lauderdale. We kayak together. He's awesome. We have a lot of common interests, but even out there when he left, it was at, you know, I was sad for like a day. I was kind of like moping about like, you know, you're there to meet, you know, Claire, Tasha, and get to know them. But like, you go close, it's like sad when one of your best friends gets kicked out of the you're house. You're seeing the dudes way more, probably. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you're spending all day with them. So I would say Jay, you know, he didn't – he was so cool and so outgoing, but, like, there wasn't a lot of screen time to go around given the Dale situation. So um, he's definitely someone that, like, jumps to mind as far as, like, people didn't really fairly get to know him as much as they could have. Now, you mentioned the the Dale situation – what was the like what was the energy shift when Claire and Dale leave? You realize yeah. that you're not done. Your journey's not done. There's a new girl coming in. Like there are a few people on the fence, obviously, but most guys were like, okay, let's give it a shot. I didn't even yeah. really know Claire that much. I what was the energy much, shift like? I think pretty much everyone was on that boat. Uh, you know, other than Jason, I think everyone was like, We're ready to, you know, let's let's just start clean. Um, you know, we're out here, we have an opportunity. Um, so I kind of started a rumor that I believe to be true. I thought they were going to pull paradise. So I'm oh, sitting there. Shit. We had like a four day gap in between Claire and when Tayshia arrived or something. It was, it was a while. You're sitting there, your thoughts. I'm thinking they got 10 girls that are going to pop out the night that Tayshia comes. So that would have been amazing. My excitement was high. I'm like, okay, well now it's changed and it's going to be exciting. And like, we have all these pools and it's like paradise in the desert. Um, but yeah, so I think everyone was optimistic because it was an unknown, it was exciting. And I think it kind of added to that whole, like that idea of meeting someone for who they are because everyone, not everyone, but a lot of people did their research and watched everything with Claire or whatnot and had this idea or lack thereof, or she knew some of the guys and she had looked them up, whatever. But now it was kind of like a fresh start for everybody when, yeah. when Tasha walked in. I don't think anyone had guessed Tasha. Um, the people that thought there'd be another Bachelorette guessed all these names, but I don't think Tayshia had ever come into that mix. So, You mentioned Dale a few times there, Ed. I'm, I'm wondering, because I saw that you guys were out to dinner with him recently, so I'm wondering if, looking back at the whole Dale situation, there was, there was obviously resentment around the house, uh, especially near the end of Claire's time at La Quinta. Looking back, were there any real issues with like Dale as a guy? Because I can see myself. I'm going to be chirping at him the whole roast ceremony i'm gonna be taking little shots at him during my confessionals of course any dude is was an issue with dale or really more the situation so i think for most people is a situation um for myself i had not gotten to the level where i knew claire had that experience with claire to be mad at dale for you know running away with it so i had maybe spent you know 20 minutes total with claire so I wasn't like, I hate Dale because he's stealing, you know, this, this woman that I've come to know really well. Um, but I think other guys, it was more just a competitive factor. Hey, this guy came in and, you know, walked away and, you know, beat us. And I think there was a lot of that going on, mm -hmm. but I'll be honest. I walked in the first night. I headed right for the buffet table. All of a sudden I turn around. I see this huge guy, Dale 
walking hand in hand with Claire off to some private little area. And I was like, damn, I'd give that guy my first impression rose too. So like <laughs> yeah. he clearly was a front runner when he walked in. He's the kind of guy he towers over. He's a great looking dude. He's funny. He's charismatic. Um, you can't help but to love him. I loved him out there. You know, yeah, I still love him. He's just a good guy and yeah. he's fun to be around. And I think anyone that would have a problem with that was more just like, Hey, I mean, he's, it's kind of like when you're, you know, at a bar and there's competition or whatever it is, like he is the definition of competition. And I think everyone realized that he was a threat. Um, but you know, he's a good dude. And I think everyone knows he's a good guy. Um, and you know, he's just one of the guys now. I mean, he might've walked away, but he he's, was still there. He's one of us. And um, you know, everyone loves to hang out with them. Also, that's the name of the game. If that happened to any of you, you're going to be like, yeah, I don't give a shit about the other guys. Sure. I'll hang out with you during someone else's date. Like I'm here to see you. So yeah, I, I think that's obviously people are now looking at it and being like, okay, it's not really his fault, but as much as we're invested in the relationships on the show, the producers, the viewers, everyone's going to admit we love the beef too. We love the the snippets of the shots back and forth. That's a part of the show. That's why we love it. One of the best ones was Bennett and Noah going back and forth. And I love that they're still doing it a little bit. Like when Bennett was getting yeah. his knee surgery, you had Noah commenting like, I don't know, like little shit, like, oh, wish you wish I was your nurse, blah, blah, blah. Are those just like, so what's, What's the deal there? Because I can't tell if it's like a little brother, older brother dynamic, or if they kind of don't like each other, if they're totally over it. Do you know? I, what I think it's the first one. I think it's a little brother, big brother. You're competitive. You kind of have those fights, but there's that mutual respect. I mean, one guy's from the city. Noah's from the country. Noah's 25. Bennett's 37. You know, there's just different worlds they come from. They both respect each other and, you know, they both love to have a good time. And so that's the thing, like Noah is amazing. He's fun, but it's amazing and fun. It's just, yeah, you know, they're going to chirp at each other. They're going to have some fun, but at the same time we have meals together. They enjoy each other's company too. Um, and so, yeah, it's a brother relationship. It's you, you fight, you make up, you fight, you make up. And that's just what it is. So and you could you could feel that a little bit, right? Like with all the, you know, like obviously the the book, as much as we love Bennett, that was passive aggressive, obviously. And like though, but those are things that you're gonna do for, yeah, again, someone a little brother you're trying to be a little condescending to. And uh, th that was awesome. Another another beef that look on we were on record and you can just say no comment if you want but we were on record of being team ed we were criticized at times of being chasing haters but <laughs> dude this ed chasing but let me explain where where i'm coming how i saw it at least and again i don't know if you want to just like bury it or whatever but to me before the season the dude was on the dude was pushing his tiktok hard uh it, there's just little signs of like, uh, okay, like, what do you, what do you, what do you hear for? And again, maybe I'm only seeing an edit's worth, but what was kind of the basis of that whole disagreement? And maybe you're not best friends now, or are you just kind of like, look, we're different people. I'm not going to, I'm not like that guy. Yeah. So I can't say a lot of anything that really happened off camera, but I think a lot of what you saw was actually what happened. Just like kind of conversations we had had, um, you know, about the two different bachelorettes, whatnot, about kind of the outside world, et cetera. Um, you know, but I can tell you, it's so weird. And, and it goes back to the situation here. You're, you're in a bubble. You literally have everything taken away from you. 
And so I look back, you look back at the emotions you have out there. And is it a real situation? Are you ever, you know, stuck with 30 guys and no phone? No, not really. But given the situation, you know, the emotions are heightened, they're tenfold. So, you know, if I told you, you know, if I was like rude to you today, and then you, you would get a text, you talk to someone else, you forget about it. But out there, when someone's rude to you, it's constantly like that guy, that guy, that guy, you see them, you feel it, you hear it. And so me and Jason just kind of built up a little bit like, you know, it was just guys trash talking. Um, and at the end of the day, when it's 4.30 a.m. and the trash talking has happened during the day and you got a few drinks in you, you know, then we go comment on each other's shirt and pant sizes. Oh, and, uh, Telling a dude that he's wearing a medium shirt, that it's over. It's done. You it was, won it at that medium. point. It was an S in there. You hit it the medium. <laughs> it was a medium. yeah, yeah. And then he called me chicken leg, so I was going – you know, I was going after his tops. He was going after my bottom. <laughs> yeah. That sounds bad, actually. It sounds bad when you say that, but cut that, cut that, producer yeah, Gary. But, but uh, no, he. Um, it was it was one of those situations that it was like literally just uh, locker room competitive banter that yeah. went back and forth, and we both got so much hate for it. Like there was nothing morally, ethically, there's really racial homophobic. What were people pissed about? I, I. I, I, to this day, you know, we can't figure it out. I mean, you get yeah. death threats, you get people that hate you, love you, but it's just like, it was just like one night of a little bit of a few beers deep. We're having some banter four 30 in the morning. And it's like, yeah. yeah, the only thing I think of is it took up a whole TV show, which is crazy. It you took up choose that. Like you're, you're not, you're not picking what, what they're choosing to put in and, and leave out. No. And unfortunately that was my intro to the world. So I was kind of behind the scenes because you got Dale and Blake out here. Um, and so my intro to the world was like, who's, the, who's this guy that's in an argument with this other guy? Like it wasn't the best intro. And I, I, you know, that's something that kind of obviously, you know, doesn't help the perception, but uh, there was so much fun stuff before that. You never imagine all these days in the experience, some 20 minute argument is going to be like what you're remembered for. So yeah, that was, uh, that was tough, but you know, yeah, it, it was one of those things where it, um, you know, through that, through those downs that we had and those confrontations and those real raw emotions, it like forced us to kind of like hatch it out. It forced us to respect each other, the, our differences and backgrounds and, you know, to this day, like, you know, we're cool and we've experienced those ups and downs, much like a Bennett and a Noah. It's like, it, there's this like brotherly relationship. Like, are you different? Of course. It, but are you, do you respect each other, enjoy each other? Yeah. And you learn from each other. And so that's kind of where, where it is. But uh, yeah, you know, of course, a couple of crazy nights and then everyone saw them on the TV um, and you, you think back and you're like, wow, yeah, I was pissed off. Jason was pissed off. We were, yeah. uh, we were in that. You're in that vacuum, and and yeah, again, like you said, you're probably brought closer together now by the crazy feedback you get. Like say, saying you get threats and stuff like that. Of course, I believe it because there's insane people on the internet. Idea. I didn't know that was part of any of this. I would have yeah. never guessed. Like I said, we didn't do anything that would cross any real boundaries. I would call nothing. it a bro argument. It was a bro yeah. argument. It was, there was nothing racial. There was nothing. Uh, there was no like slurs thrown out. And also it wasn't the type of chirping back and forth. And I, look, I'm not trying to put her on blast. I'm not trying to crucify anyone on here, but like the whole Anna situation where it's like, okay, now you're, you're saying stuff that's actually going to affect people outside yeah. saying Jason wears a medium. He's not going to lose his job. He's not going to lose his family because of yeah. that. 
But uh, yeah, that's the thing. It's like everyone is going to have a reaction to something. And it's tough when you're not trained for that to realize that like 95% of people thought you were entertaining and then moved on with their day. You know what I mean? I I think the majority of the season has shown because that was the only drama we really had was two guys arguing over their clothing sizes. So, I mean, if you look at even at Matt's season, there's all this other stuff going on or other seasons, like all they could really, you know, all we had was a little bit of, you know, disagreements. It wasn't anything crazy. So it kind of shows you where everyone's head was at the kind of the age was up there and all that kind of stuff. So now, at Matt's Women Tell All, we, we saw outtakes from several dates that we never saw at all due to time restrictions. We missed out on JoJo and Tasha themselves being cut out of an episode. Were there any particularly fun or memorable moments from the season that ended up not making the final cut? You mentioned pranks before. Like, What sort of things were going down in the house that we just weren't able to, to fit in? I don't know how much you're able to say, but like, I don't know. Yeah, I, yeah. I can't say a whole lot. I can just tell you just more or less like bloopers, like fun stuff, like out when the guys are lifting or at the pool or like waking people up, like unexpectedly. Mm-hmm. Um, just fun nonsense when you're bored as hell. If they think back to like when you're 10 and you're at summer camp, this was summer camp to me. <laughs> this was like literally summer camp for adults. You hang out with your friends, you wake up, you eat breakfast, you go to the pool, you go to lunch. Um, you know, so it was summer camp. Um, but, you know, we didn't have any of those where there weren't dates that were shown or missing or anything like that. Um, so actually, even that surprised me that there was a whole missing date or whatnot that came out. Um, but nothing of significance. Ours were just all the moments because I think it's not really what happened out there that shapes public opinion. It's like what's omitted. Uh, I mean, you're, you're, you know, one hour and 20 minutes a week is, you know, taking up for 24 hour days of yourself. So whatever they show for 30 seconds is who you are to the general audience, unfortunately. Um, So that's just where it's kind of hard is because you're doing stuff all day and involved in conversations in 30 seconds. You know, you never know where it's going to go. For me, unfortunately, mine got picked up at the rose ceremonies and the date nights where I treated them like a night out. So I would be drinking on those nights. And so I got all this hate like, Ed, you can't keep your eyes open. What's wrong with your eyes? Like, it's like four or five, six a.m. And then I've had twelve beers, and you know it's time to go to bed. Mm-hmm. And I would always get caught in those moments. All the memes would come out. Like they'd have me like standing at the restroom, like like you know what? So you just never know. But the rest of the day, I never drank during the day. Um, yeah. But they never showed that, of course. So it's like you just—it's not about like did you do it or didn't. It's just about what's admitted, like what doesn't get shown. If it's twenty-four hour days and you get a minute shown. There's so much other stuff, and it's like, oh, I wish people had seen this, but yeah. Now, so what were some of the, yeah, so the aspects of yourself that were omitted? You talked about some of the stuff that was included. That's like, okay, yeah, but that's not really me. What are, like, maybe some of the traits that you are putting out there that you think just weren't picked up? I think, you know, like, just being funny, like, my humor. So, I mean, I was... To me, I had a great time out there. It was fun. And I had a lot of fun just joking around with the guys. I think you have people like Bennett, Ivan, um, Spencer. They've gone on podcasts and people are asking, who is the funniest guy in the house? And my name is always in that mix. Like, mm-hmm. easy, like there's certain names, um, but you didn't really see it as the viewer. There were a couple like outtakes. You saw the Chris Harrison stuff. Um, <laughs> you saw this stuff like, you know, with the face mask and all that kind of stuff. But there was so much more that, you know, you're like, oh, that would have been hilarious to see back or whatnot. Mm. Um, And so, yeah, and, you know, even having seen funnier stuff maybe before the incident with Chasen would have had a different perception versus being introduced 
in that situation. So yeah. for me, 99% of it was fun and games out there. Um, some of it was kind of shown towards the end, mm-hmm. um, but not a whole lot. So, yeah, I mean, I think that's kind of what was, what was missed. Um, the guys know that. And so like, that's kind of how they knew me, the goofy guy, the audience. I mean, some people think I'm argumentative, whatever they think. I mean, it's, it's hard, but yeah. And sometimes you got people that love you, but they love you for the wrong. They think I'm like a sarcastic, <laughs> argumentative asshole. And yeah. funny enough, like I'm not sarcastic. I'm not witty. I mean, those comments came to me like late at night, like on some beers, but like, that's not normally like a type of argument that I would be involved in. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, I, like, hey, look, I appreciate the fandom, but you're kind of liking me for yeah, the wrong no, reasons so it's right weird. Now. So you got like both. You got people that hate you for something that's not really you, but people that like you for that too. And you're like, <laughs> kind of over here, you know? So yeah, the more you can just like get out in front of people or like, you know, talk on something like this or whatever. Yeah. And show who you really are a little bit. So now you mentioned the, the incredible Chris Harrison moment where you ended up going to the wrong room and, and splitting that bottle of vino with them, spend some time. Now, I assume that you're not, you can't talk about anything that we didn't see on camera. I wanted to, did, did we miss any funny conversations? But I assume anything that's cut, you, you can't bring up? Yeah, so they captured that. I mean, there are moments when people ask, is reality TV real? There are a couple of times where it was so real that it hit me in the face, that being one of them. There's two times that I recall if someone asked me what felt so realistic, you're just shocked. It was when the guys came back naked from dodgeball inside on the couch. <laughs> You're like, what in the hell? Like, is am I really seeing? It? I couldn't believe my eyes. So that got me. And then showing up at uh, Chris's house got me because I was dead short of stations. I got dressed. It was two or something in the morning. I had my cologne on. I was feeling good. And uh, even when he answered, I you could see in that video. Oh, wow. I still assumed he was just giving her a pep talk, like he was visiting. And I was like, yeah, where's Tasha at? Um, so. For a brief 30 seconds, I was pretty pissed when I found out, like, she wasn't there. Yeah. But then I was like, this is a great consolation prize. Like, I'm invited in for wine with Chris Harrison for a 40-minute conversation. And, you know, I'm going to take this for all it's worth. So, um, what turned out to be something that, like, was me wanting to go spend time with Tasha turned into, like, maybe one of my most memorable experiences or the most memorable experience of the season. Yeah. Uh, potentially. So, Oh, yeah. it's an all like people are going to remember that too, which is a great thing to be remembered for, especially as someone like, look, you loved the the man child thing. You embraced it. You're obviously like, we go back to the, the humor thing. You're someone who knows how to take a joke too, which is. Yeah, uh, no, it was, like I said, I thought it was hilarious. It yeah. was funny. I watched it back. Um, you know, you see kind of like the music and they make it comical and fun, but, uh, in all honesty, we had a great conversation. He was a good dude. Um, you know, I'm not going to turn down wine at 2 a.m. anywhere. <laughs> so I'm yeah. a good deal. Now, you mentioned it briefly before. When you were on DeMar's Party Tricks or Push-Ups, you introduced one of the most innovative Bachelor pitches we've ever heard. I don't even know if you remember it, but you said you'd like to see co-bachelors do a season, specifically DeMar and Ivan. Do you stand oh, by yeah. the elevator pitch? And why would those two guys be such great choices for it? So... DeMar and Ivan were both great guys in the house and they're both great friends. They were actually roommates. So that's why I kind of always imagine them together because they're roommates. They're tight. Like a lot of people became best friends with their roommates and uh, there's both such great guys with such different qualities. Like, you know, DeMar is so charismatic, outgoing, like uplifting, kind of like energetic. Ivan's very chill. He's stoic. He's a great guy. And so like, together they complement each other so well 
but they're completely kind of like different flavors in some aspects. So if you put them as a co-bachelor, it's like you're going for this or you like, it'd be like you're a different guy. You're not going to have someone going for both probably. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it'd be like a Ben and her Ed situation. Like it's hard to compare. It's like, they're yeah. so different. It's like, there's not a, but yeah, they're both, uh, no, I think it would be great. And they both just have, uh, you know, they're, they're mature, uh, beyond their years. I mean, they, I think DeMar might be 27 he's not one of the older guys, but he's definitely, you wouldn't know that when you meet him. Um, very thoughtful, very good dude. So, um, yeah, they're both uh, awesome and great. And, uh, I love their Instagram lives. I think you can kind of get a sense of who they are from those. So, yeah. We're going to have to run that up the flagpole. I don't know who I need to talk to, but we're going to, we're going to get that uh, in the works, man. Also, here's a quote. We're going to get into a bit of Matt's season, then just beyond at some potential paradise talk. Okay. So have you, have you seen much of Matt's season? Have you been following this year? So I haven't, unfortunately I'm behind like three episodes. I haven't okay. seen the last three or four episodes. Um, I was watching, um, I'm trying to think of where I left off, but Mm -hmm. I kind of see the spoilers and the things that I see on the, the spoiler accounts during the yeah. day or the bachelor nation, or I see the updates there. I just haven't physically watched all of it. So yeah. it's hard to really uh, to comment on too much of it. Other than the fact that I, I love their resort compared to ours. Of course. Yeah. Yeah, we That's got to go there for part, the all. I mean, it was a, it was an amazing resort. I'm actually from that area. So I had been there before, but I mean, and they get to wear jackets and they're not sweating. It's 120 <laughs> degrees. And, uh, oh, dude, it was so hot where you guys were, man. It was, yeah. yeah. I mean, that it was unfortunate, but you guys, like, yeah, when you look at the two different places, you got the short end of the stick. But I don't know, like, does part of you look at, anything you've seen from this season because even like way at the beginning of the season the dynamic within the house is just like completely different do you chalk it up to again it's a younger house versus an older house because the the differences in how the the jealousy or how people were treating each other it's night and day yeah so i would for me and I, again after being on the show i always know there's so much you don't see and so it's like hard for me to kind of like say to myself, Hey, I know any of these girls really other than what I've seen. Um, but I think it's two things. I think they're, they're younger and they're also women versus guys. I think women naturally kind of have a little bit more of those type of relationships. There's a little bit more kind of going on guys, you know, can make friends with like precision with the, with the digs, you know what I mean? Like a guy you're just throwing out like whatever, but yeah, this is like, like it's medium shirts and it's more exactly it's a little bit more calculated competitive I think women are I mean they're all chasing Matt James and so that competition comes in um, I think we had a lot of guys that were like established in life and kind of comfortable with who they were and it was kind of that idea if I if it happens for me here it happens if it doesn't it doesn't but it wasn't like a cutthroat like me versus Dale or me versus Ivan it was kind of a hey you know we're here and whoever made the best man win kind of idea yeah. Um, so a different kind of, you know, thought process, I guess. But, but that's a great point. And like, especially coming off of being on the season, you probably just look and go like, look, yes, there are some things like, again, the Anna thing that's, I'm not going to say that that reflects her as a person, but like black and white, she did the wrong thing, Victoria, you're clearly a, a bully like that's a, yeah, but there are a lot of things like an MJ versus a Jasenia situation. Who knows how that was edited? You know what I mean? And I think that's a good thing for you to even just take into real life and being like, well, I'm going to maybe take a little bit more time before just bestowing a label on someone. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you know what? To me, and it's ironic because I'm a huge fan of reality. I've always watched like Bravo and like reality TV shows. 
just not so much the Bachelor franchise as much, but it's amazing because I love reality TV, but for me, I've never sat there and said, I know these people. I've never thought that, but I, I guess I've learned that a lot of people do believe that they know who you are, you know, through, through the actual show. I mean, I could watch, you know, Jersey Shore. I don't think I know Polly D's personality yeah. or anything, but like, I think a lot of people feel like they know you at that point, or here's how you're going to act. And so for some reason, I've never felt like that, but you know, even more so now I'm careful to be like, you know, you don't want to judge someone kind of tell you collect more, like you said. So, yeah. Now I feel like I already know the answer to this question. I'm going to ask it anyways, because you are built for paradise. I mean, that in the best way possible, because people, we have people finding love on paradise every season. It's lasting. It's like, I don't know. It's lasting like crazy, but yeah. you're like, you're, it's a place where if you're a funny dude or, or a girl, it, it's just kind of a better platform for you to shine. So if you got that call, I know they're moving towards casting a little bit. If you got that call, would you say yes? Is it on your radar? Is it something you'd be into? Yeah, of course. I mean, I think that would be an amazing opportunity. I think, as you said, I've heard that from so many people. Even um, I had exchanged some messages at one point with Nick Vile, and he said the same thing. Like, humor isn't really rewarded on The Bachelorette, but – it's something that's a part of paradise more or less. And um, I think your personality gets to shine. And I think from a perspective of there's more people to meet, uh, there's more of that possibility of finding connections. Um, and, and at this point, the, the great thing is you got all these friends that you just met that could potentially, it's like a vacation with your boys. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So um, I think, you know, that opportunity would be something exciting. And of course, I think, you know, I think a lot of people in our season would be, you know, um, jumping up and down to, uh, to get that call. So I think that's, a that's something that sounds very exciting. And, uh, you know, you got your fingers crossed, of course. Now, is there anyone, I don't know if you're allowed to say it hypothetically, you're on paradise. They give you the call. Is there anyone in particular from Matt season who's catching your eye? So that's, that's a tough one too, because like, you know, there's so many beautiful women. And what I, you know, what I had kind of mentioned to people is the fact that like, just like I kind of did with Claire, where I didn't kind of go out and do the research or have a preconceived notion, you know, I trust the Bachelor Nation casting and stuff. They, they, they pick physically beautiful women. And then it's like, you know, you can get to know them for who they are. Like, I don't need to go two seasons back and watch like what X, Y, and Z did to say, okay, I want to meet them. Um, and so I think there's so many, um, there's so many beautiful girls on match season. And it's like, uh, I don't think I would be like, I need this one or this one based on what I saw. Yeah. Um, so, and like you said, you kind of, you don't even really know them, right? You may yeah, meet exactly. them and be like, Oh, you're super different from, from what I no, saw. Exactly. And I, th I think that, I think that's happened for a lot of people. I mean, even people that I meet, they'll say to me, wow, like you're, you're a nice guy. You're not an asshole. Like we thought you were like, <laughs> yeah. you know, whatever that Which is like, be. do you think that's a compliment? Like, what are you talking? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. So, no, I think that would be, um, you know, I think you just got to always got to keep that in check and yeah. you know, start fresh and kind of make your, make your assumptions about who they are, you know, kind of as you know them. So now I had written down like a couple weeks ago, I want to ask you, what do you think the odds are of Dale making it to paradise? Now I'm oh. seeing different reports of like, look, I don't even know what to think. Now I'm seeing him maybe with Claire. So I don't know. Do you think there's any odds of him making it there? I'm not That's asking for you. To... I, I don't yeah. personally know where his relationship stands. And uh, okay. if it wasn't in good standing or whatnot, if he would want to do that, um, that's a subject that's never come up. So I guess you never know. I mean, I don't think anyone knows who would walk through those doors. So mm -hmm. I would assume that's a possibility just like any other. So, 
Um, I can certainly see Dale on a beach with a tequila in his hand. That's how I met him. I met him at the pool with a tequila in his hand. It's not, it's not a picture that's hard for me to imagine. So now we'll take Dale out of the equation. Who from your season is making the most waves when they come to paradise that can be good or bad, but who's causing the biggest ripple effect when they walk through? I think, I, I think that's, that's Mr. Noah. I think <laughs> okay. Noah, Noah's a fun dude and he, he has a larger than life personality. I think some of it came through, um, but he's just that guy who likes to have a good time. Um, I can't wait to link up with him actually, because he's into like kind of some of the country things like mudding and fishing and stuff that I don't get to do too often. Um, and so he'd be a great guy, but he's like an adventure seeker, thrill guy. Um, so he's going to walk in and like, he's got a big personality. He speaks his mind. And that's what I respect about him is that he's not someone who's going to shy away from how they feel. And like, you always knew where you stood when I, when I had a problem with him, we talked it out like man to man. And like, that's what I can really appreciate about him is he's straight, you know, as far as what he's feeling. And like, uh, I think that'll be seen if he, if he's to walk through those doors. So. We'll look forward to it, and we hope you're walking in right behind him. But, Ed, <laughs> you've given us all we could have asked for from recapping the past to predicting a bright future ahead. We can't wait to see what's next now. There's only one thing left to do, and since we aren't sure if you're able to plug anything, we're happy to be the ones to send people to ed.waysbroat. That's E-D.W-A-I-S-B-R-O-T on Instagram to keep up to date on Ed. Ed, my man, thank you so much for coming on. We hope to see you back on TV very soon, man. Yeah, well, thank you so much. This was a, this was a really good time. I, I loved uh, getting to know you guys and awesome. sharing my experience. So thank you so much. Hey, if you're on the show and, and you're down to come back on to recap your experience there, we'd love to have you back. Doors I'm always, always open, you, man. You know the number, you know the DM, so I'm, I'm down to come back whenever. So thanks for having me. All right, dude, awesome. Thank you to our listeners, old and new. Don't forget to like, subscribe, share on whatever platform you find your podcast. Thank you and peace.